4: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem, Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
5: Hey, good afternoon, greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition. You know how um, people say, is this Wednesday? It doesn't feel like Wednesday. But I'm not quite sure what Wednesday feels like, or Tuesday, or Monday.
6: I think that we should be happy in whatever day we're in.
5: But you know what I mean. I do know. I mean, people it's like someday I,
6: I feel like those yeah those are the same people that say that I Hump can't day. stand that
5: someday anyway happy Wednesday to you
6: thank you I, I got some um, some bad news
5: that's the worst phrase yeah. wait so my first response is how does that affect me
6: right because <laughs> meanwhile getting back to <laughs> right it
5: doesn't wait. oh it's not that bad then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest.
6: But it does affect me.
5: Oh, oh I'm sorry for you.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a study in Wellness Magazine, and it is talking about the importance of women in particular mm. not sleeping close to their cell phone or with a light on or with the TV on.
5: Yeah. My brother has slept with a TV on all of his life.
6: <gasps> Even him, the whole night?
5: Him and his wife. I'll go visit. And that T V set's on blaring away. I'm like, how do you guys get any sleep? But he's been doing this for decades.
6: In his bedroom?
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to have it black and quiet. Still. I want it to be nothing.
7: Mike. I have to be I have I have to have it black. But I have to have some type of white noise in the background. What? What does that well, mean? Oh, my kid's
5: like that. Like a fan. Like a
7: fan or something. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so what do the you TV? have? TV. Now, was when I was a teenager, I had the TV on oh. all night long That'd until be... my English teacher said not to do that. Mm. Really? <laughs> yeah. High school English teacher. My high school English teacher told me wise. not to do that.
6: Why did she say not to do that?
7: Because it, your brain will not Shut rest. Off. Because <laughs> you're still hearing what's on the TV. Right. And your
6: brain is still moving. Processing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your brain's
5: active when you're sleeping anyway. So right. what the, that's just another layer. Yeah. What do you sleep? What do you sleep?
6: I never – well, I, I don't sleep with the TV on because that would – I, I that would What do you have, the radio? Upset, but I always listen to the radio. Huh.
5: Wait, wait. Do you have the radio on in your room while you're sleeping?
6: I have a I have a radio that I have earbuds with and it plays for 90 minutes mm-hmm. and then it just shuts off. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I listen to it as I'm falling asleep. No. I have done that since I was in college mm. because there's a lot of interesting things going on in the world. I want to hear Yeah, No, no, no. i got to stop. I listen stop. to baseball games. I listen to basketball <sighs> games. I, can't do so that. I listen to hockey games. Mm. Listening to a baseball game and falling asleep is one of the great joys of modern life. It is true. I don't know it. why you wouldn't like that. Well,
5: it's faded away because people, one, aren't listening to the radio as much as they used to and radio on in on, baseball, that's gone by the wayside as well. It hasn't
6: gone by the wayside. All I have to do is turn it on. In
5: your house. Okay. hmm
6: well, this is the thing that doesn't affect either one of you, but clearly could be a, a major blockage to me fitting into wait, my pants. Is this
5: wait, is this the bad news?
6: Sleeping with a cell phone, a bright alarm clock or with a television on next to your bed, puts women at risk for weight gain. Well, how does that even happen? But not that, weight gain. No, this is, that's why I said you huh. guys are in the clear. You don't have any concerns here, whereas I am obsessing. Why? How
5: does that affect women?
6: Women yeah. who slept with a light or even the TV on were more than 17% more likely to have gained 11 pounds over the course of five years. What? That's crazy. What, mm-hmm. what, According to a study by the Journal of, Me- of the American Medical Association. So all the
5: Dorito ads are just... <laughs> Association
6: light coming in from outside the room mm-hmm. was associated with more modest weight gain. Oh. What, what does that mean? Like a, you, you have modest the hall light, light on?
5: Well, eleven pounds. Maybe you're getting just you know four pounds from the. No, no I don't mean
6: the modest. <laughs> like I know what. Thank you. I know what modest <laughs> weight gain is. I'm trying to figure out Mod,
7: where, what light coming in from outside the room. Your means. porch light outside. Maybe your porch light porch outside light.
6: is next to uh, your your.
7: Your bedroom. your bedroom
6: window. The study is the first to find an association between exposure to artificial light at night while sleeping mm. and weight gain in women. Mm-hmm. Who
5: does these listen, things? This
6: is, they, these they, are ridiculous. Listen, they studies. observed 43,000 women in the U.S. That's oh a lot God. of women. One of the factors pointed to by researchers is that light could suppress the sleep hormone melatonin mm-hmm. and disrupt our circadian rhythms.
8: Yep.
5: They tax what it dollars at work. The government's what it funding says. this.
6: Listen, uh, The study suggests that women create a prime sleeping environment for themselves by using tools like eye masks and blackout shades or drapes. Mm. People should also turn off all electronics in their bedroom and dim their alarm clocks to avoid the glare of any Bright lights.
5: Yeah, the circadian rhythms.
6: Yes, circadian, Um, not circadian. That's that's the the insects. (laughs) The cicadas. You sleep. You sleep well once every seventeen years.
5: (laughs) Uh, Unless you're underground.
6: This sleep study comes on the heels of another study that found irregular sleep patterns, including not going to bed and waking up at the same time each day, or getting up different amounts of sleep each night, can put people at a higher risk for obesity. Heart disease, hypertension, high blood sugar, and other metabolic disorders, wow. which are not listed here nice. in this article. Shut it down. I, mm-hmm.
7: I sleep with the, um, uh, the my internet modem thing with the, the, the little burns lights. Yeah, that's oh. yeah. in my bedroom. Oh. I hate
6: that thing. I have to put I have to put black duct tape over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's See, fine. See, I oftentimes fall asleep downstairs on the sofa oh. and then move upstairs really? to bed. That doesn't bother me at all. No, that's not good. I mean, I'll oftentimes listen, wake up. I'll, I'll fall fall asleep on the sofa for you know an hour, an hour and a half, something like that. I'll wake up, have to brush my teeth, take my vitamins, and like you know put my dishes in the sink, and then go to bed. Oh, that's oh, horrible. Doesn't bother me.
5: See, both you, both you guys are younger than me. I have reached the point where when I get into bed, in my mind, I'm having a party. <laughs> I'm telling you, I it's like one of the happiest <laughs> moments of the. I get it. Like I was in bed. All the, well, La 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 la! I'm like so excited to be there. I can't wait. I'm like your husband. Yeah. One thing I do really well is sleep but really yeah. well. But do you
7: get do you get, do you get to the point where you're so excited to fall asleep? Nope. That you can't sleep though because
5: oh, no. you're so excited. Oh no! I see that, that happens to me.
9: Really? Yeah. But no. you're so excited to be in bed, and I'm then so you start thinking ex- yeah. about everything. I'm
7: exhausted, and I finally crawl into bed, and then I'm so excited to be in bed. that I. It just wakes me up.
6: Hey, Look, long, wakes so already. I
5: love it so much.
6: <laughs> he wants to be there right now.
5: Seriously. I, I hope heaven includes a long, healthy dose of beautiful sleep.
6: We might not need to sleep. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up on today's show, uh, we're going to talk about the space program and the 5 o'clock hour. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about whether living in McMansions actually makes you happier. Mm-hmm. We'll confront some Old Testament controversies with Dr. Trem- Tremper Longman. And in the four o'clock hour, we'll talk about the man who told city council we've all been pronouncing Pittsburgh wrong.
5: And not Pittsburgh.
6: Coming up next, when motherhood feels like death.
5: What? Really? No, 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 no. At it. No, that. That's, that's a not four, 430. It's at
9: 435.
6: It's coming up. 101.5
2: WORD Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend With the best new music. New?
3: New? new music
2: new music from Jeremy Camp, Dead Man Walking I was a
3: dead man
2: walking Split the Sea by Hannah Kerr
3: You can still split
2: the scene. And Up Again, new from Dan Bremnis
3: gotta get up up
2: again. Get up up again the best new music and pittsburgh's favorites brought to you by nello construction and trinity jewelers 101.5 word
8: on the weekend ford pass everything you need to keep moving right in the palm of your hand now you can earn points to use toward flexible complementary maintenance when you buy or lease a new ford and sign up for rewards plus use the app to access roadside assistance You'll even earn exclusive Ford Pass rewards just for maintaining your vehicle. Only Ford Pass combines roadside assistance, Ford Pass rewards, and now when you buy or lease a new Ford, earn points you can use toward flexible complementary maintenance. Ford Pass, built to keep you moving, built Ford proud. Visit your participating Ford dealership to find out about
0: how you can earn complementary maintenance on every new Ford. Roadside assistance is included for certain Ford owners and available to everyone for a per-service fee. Ford reserves the right to change program details without
1: obligations. Visit your participating dealer or FordPassRewards.com for program rules and restrictions. FordPass, compatible with select smartphone platforms, is available via a download. Creation Fest 2019 is coming
3: Join us with your family and friends For a weekend of worship like no other Over 70 artists like Skelet Hillsong Worship Crowder Elevation Worship Carrie Jones, 10th Avenue North And Mandisa As well as over 15 speakers like Bob Legs Reggie Dabbs And David Nasser. Be a part of the creation worship experience set in the beautiful mountains of central Pennsylvania. Go to creationfest.com
10: to find out more. That's creationfest.com.
11: New message
10: Your social security number has been suspended not contact us. Your account will be deactivated.
4: Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1-800-269-0271.
12: Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of them improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And God save the green.
5: Hey, thanks for coming back. Today's an important day. Today is Anne Frank's 90th birthday. I mean, I think most of us as school kids, we were, what, compelled to read the diary of Anne Frank? Right. You may have seen the film. Uh, the Public Theater just did um, the play of Anne Frank two years ago. It's a heartbreaking story, but a beautiful mm-hmm. story as well. It really is. Anne Frank.
6: Yeah, she would have been 90 years old today. Um, unfortunately, she uh, she and her family hid for two years. In southern Amsterdam, which is when she wrote her diary. And uh, she ended up dying with her sister in the Bergen-Belsen Nazi concentration camp in February of 1945.
5: I mean, that diary, she got the diary when she was a a young girl. And when she went into hiding with her family, she was faithful. And she wrote in it almost every day, Kitty was the name of her diary. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's such a beautiful story and heartbreaking as well. Because when you think about this young girl, 14 years of age and being concealed in this room in a workspace where her father lived, or where her father worked, worked yeah. um, and in abject fear that the Nazis would discover them, and of course they did. Can you imagine the days of utter silence that they had to sit there mm-hmm. while the rest of the world moved forward, and there they were waiting mm-hmm. for something to happen?
6: She talks about that in the diary, about the silence of it that was the thing that bothered her the most of
5: course she was a young girl who wanted to go out and see the world
6: it scared her yeah the silence of it because you know her dad um well she was just used to a whole different lifestyle and so having that enforced quiet was like a total shock to the system plus it allowed your mind to think of all the things that you were hiding from and missing out on
5: So the tree that was outside the window of the third floor room where they were hiding, that tree was lost just a few years ago. And for many people, it was a symbol of Anne Frank's life. But uh, the tree, as many trees do, especially in old age, contracted a disease. It was cut down. But the wood was saved and still has not been repurposed for something else. But there's a sacredness about Mm -hmm. that, to think about that. Um, Her father was the only member of the family who survived and after the war, he came back and to find out that the 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 publication, the, the diary was saved by the secretary of the business the father had worked for, and it was, led to its publication in 1947, first published in, in English in 1952. It's been since translated into over 60 languages worldwide and sold millions and millions of copies.
6: I just bought a copy just did this you? week. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, I'm going to Amsterdam the week after next and we're going to Anne Frank's house. And oh so I wanted goodness. to reread it and I don't know, get immersed in it before I get there.
5: So you're going to be there. Yeah. Wonder what it's like. How do they control the flow of people in that tiny space? I mean, I'll be curious to hear what you have yeah, to say about this. Yeah.
6: well, I'm going to be calling in. We're going to be talking about it on the air. Um, the day after, I'll be at Corey Ten Boom's house. Wow! Also in Southern Amsterdam, Corey Ten Boom, if you're unfamiliar, was from a Christian family, um, and she uh, offered, she and her family offered their house to a Jewish family. And uh, the authorities also found out about Corey Ten Boom and Corey, like Otto Frank, was the only member of her family to survive the concentration camps.
5: Hmm. So happy birthday to Anne Frank. I mean, there.
6: There's a wonderful story, listen to this John in Time magazine today. It talked about Jacqueline van Marzen and um she was meeting in an Amsterdam school today marking what would have been Anne's 90th birthday, but the reason she was there is she was at Anne's 13th birthday party. Oh my goodness. In 1942. Wow. She said it was a welcome distraction from the grim reality of life in Nazi-occupied Amsterdam during World War II. She said they enjoyed movies and cookies at Anne's apartment, and they all decided that we wouldn't think about anything but that moment.
5: Movies. Mm -hmm. What was it like to – how special would it have been to show a movie? I don't know. You would have to be a wealthy person to have a movie projector and the film itself. Mm-hmm. to know that the Nazis were there.
6: And she said, this woman's name, uh, Jack, Jacqueline Van Marzen, she said it was only three weeks later that Anne and her family fled into hiding in the secret annex behind wow. the the uh, canal side house. How, how long? Three weeks. Wow. So it was kind of like that birthday party was the last hurrah, hurrah for all of them. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. And so three years after that, Anne had died. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, but it was really interesting. It it says here they're talking about um, her dad and how her dad was the only one to survive the war. And he later, of course, published her diaries, as you said. Um, But it was on her 13th birthday at that party that Anne received her first red checkered diary. And (laughs) she called it, quote, maybe one of my nicest presents.
5: (laughs) That's fabulous.
6: That's really, really wonderful. A
5: diary kept in a secret attic to brave the Nazi onslaught. And imagine how many voices wish they could have cried out, right, in their hiding or their horror at – Auschwitz or Birkenbees and i mean, all those, all those voices—and Anne Frank, one of the few that survived.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, tonight you and I are going to see something really special to honor Anne Frank. 7 p.m. tonight at Rodef Shalom, um, put on by a uh, by the Pittsburgh Girls Choir, but also the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh. There's a special tribute to Anne Frank called "Hope and Remembrance." It's at 7 p.m. Um, Rodef Shalom is right on Fifth Avenue, across the street from uh, WQED and Central Catholic, in that um, north. North Oakland section of town and it's going to be a beautiful concert and um, the tribute to Anne Frank is actually a bunch of musical pieces which take the text of her book her diary and have set it to music and I got to tell you it is so lovely and thought-provoking because you see these girls in the Pittsburgh Girls Choir who, be- who are between the ages of 12 and 18 and they are singing her words mm. and they sing because she was silenced so we get to hear girls who represent her, even when she's not here, to speak for herself any longer.
5: Girls who were of the same age as Anne yep. Frank. Mm-hmm. That's this evening.
6: That's really beautiful. 7 p.m. tonight, the Pittsburgh Girls Choir presents Anne Frank, Hope and Remembrance at Rodef Shalom.
5: Fabulous. I'm really looking forward to this. Take a break? Yeah, I think okay. we should. We'll come back in a few minutes. Stick around. we got lots more ahead. We're just getting underway. to The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Your jewelers for life. Hey it's John Hall. So a while back the folks at My Pillow said, Hey John, can you try out a my pillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow, but what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's Premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD.
7: I didn't think that a dentist could be a personable, loving person and actually care, but you really do get that feeling from her.
1: Exceptional Dentistry meets Compassionate Care with Dr. Megan Stock. From
7: my previous experiences, It was more of a transactional thing versus a relationship, but with Dr. Megan, it's more you want to go back because you want to get caught up on what's been happening and
1: you want to talk to her about things, so it's kind of cool. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at
10: StockFamilyDentistry.com. Lowe's knows dads do it right by having go-to brands and knowing where to get them. We do it right, too, with savings on the brands he loves that also make great Father's Day gifts he'll love. Stop in today during Craftsman Days for all kinds of deals on Craftsman tools and power equipment, like a Craftsman 21-inch gas push mower now for just $199 for the perfect gift to make his day. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 619. See store for details, U.S. only. Right now at Napa Auto Care Centers, when you spend
1: $250 on Napa brake parts, you can get a $75 prepaid Visa card. Quality parts installed by pros, that's Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Care Centers, exclusions apply, offer ends June 30th. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net to discover godly teachers and great classmates near you. That's pittsburghchristianschools.net, pittsburghchristianschools.net.
11: Skies will turn out mostly cloudy tonight. There'll be a couple of showers developing after midnight, low 57. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and cooler with a few showers, along with a thunderstorm or two. And any thunderstorm could produce some small hail. High 67, a leftover shower in some spots early tomorrow night. Lows near 50, then mostly sunny Friday with a refreshing breeze. Highs near 70. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
5: Well, Father's Day is Sunday. How do you celebrate in your house? Is, is it a big deal to you? or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we always try
6: it. to do, you know, something special for my hub. We have like, you know, presents that the girls make. Presents? and Yeah, they do like, you know, homemade, handmade kind of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we usually do some sort of, you know, meal. meal that he might enjoy. Lots of kale. Lots of kale. Ca- right? <laughs> lots of kale. Mm-hmm. you got to love that. I planted eight uh, kale plants this year. Did you, though? Yeah. We'll see how that works How do out. they, they grow like lettuce? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see how they grow. I've never done it before. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll do that. We'll hand out, we'll wrap up some stuff, and we'll <laughs> fet him a little bit. F e t e. Yes, he's fetted. He is fetted.
5: Very nice. So we saw an article about uh, nine important things I learned from my dad, and I, I, I think you know, Father's Day is one of those days where you honor, you know. You, your dad, right? Your husband, who is the father of your children, if you're fortunate to have that. Um, for those of us for our, our fathers who have passed, it's also a day of remembrance as well, where you kind of go, "Oh yeah, remember." I mean, my dad's been gone for so long. My dad died uh, in 1984. Mm-hmm. That's a long, long time ago. And I, and you know, you reach a certain point in your life where. Uh, I'm sure I've forgotten more about my father than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, those memories I, I still try to hold on to. Um, Kath, you know, um, I'm not uh, speaking out of school here, but your dad recently passed. Right. So this is the first Father's Day that your dad won't be with you. Right. It's a bittersweet it day is. as well. It sure is. Right. Yep. So nine important things. When you think of um, – I saw this article and, of course, written from a complete and total stranger, but it forced me to think about my own father and the things that my mm. dad did for me.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, when I think about my dad, one of the big things I think about my dad is that my dad <laughs> – my dad would often laugh at what he could not control. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean there were so many things he was the, he was the father of 7 kids there were 9 of us in that house there's a
6: lot of chaos
5: so my dad really you know as much couldn't of, control a lot he couldn't control a lot and instead of him freaking out or anything he was a pretty patient guy and really had a good sense of well, this is something that I can handle, and most of the things I can't. So he he did laugh a lot about the ensuing chaos. In Good, his that's life. how
6: he stayed sane.
5: He did pretty much so. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think about that. I remember when my kids were born. That my first child was born. The doctor handed me my son after my wife held the baby, and my doc, The doctor said, "Your job now is to be patient." I thought, oh, I never thought about it. To be patient. Your job as the dad now is to be patient. I, I, See, I've that's not, a lot. I've not done well with mm-hmm. that. But I uh, often in think my it, chaos, yeah. I think, yeah, John, d- don't be a crazy person here. You know, d- you can't control this. You either laugh like your father or be patient and walk your way through it. Right.
6: My dad always told me from when I was so young. I mean, I don't remember a time when he did not tell me this. Um, he said, if you and, – and, Let me go back and say where he got the idea from. Um, He early in his career, when he worked for the H.J. Heinz company, they sent him to work in Venezuela for a couple of years, and he, of course, went into a country whose language he didn't speak and uh, nor read, nor read, and a culture with which he was totally unfamiliar. Um, But because he was an engineer and he was an up-and-coming engineer, he was tasked to solve some important problems that were going on in the factory there, and so he was trying to navigate bunch of things, you know, most chiefly language, but also culture. Um, But his boss there, who was the factory manager, taught him something that he ended up telling me over and over and over again. And Mm. that was, he said, when they had a problem in the factory, no matter what it was, whether it was a a mechanical issue or some type of mathematical problem or some type of financial issue – My dad's boss would take all the relevant paperwork, as much information as he possibly could. And of course, this was way before the era of internet or anything digital. It was like every, all, all the paper that he thought could possibly help him. And he would go into a room and he would shut the door and he would not come out until he figured out what he had to do. And he said, sometimes that would be 15 minutes or sometimes he said that would be three days. He, no one would see him. But when he came out he always had a plan.
5: <laughs> That's cool.
6: And so my dad said, if you take information and shut yourself in a room, you can learn whatever it is you have to learn. That's powerful. I'm telling you, that has served me so well in this job because how, how many topics have you and I had to cover that I thought, I don't know the first thing about this. And I have I can't tell you. Countless times. I have gone, I've shut the door, whether it's at home or here, and I've just concentrated on all of the information until I felt like I had a handle on it. Nice. It's really not, it's not rocket science. And it's not that you can perform, oftentimes you can perform above your abilities if you can harness your attention.
5: I agree. Yeah. Which has become equally hard now.
6: Because we're so fragmented. It's hard to attend to anything. Well,
5: look, you get your phone. So now if you're in that room, you could be listening to Spotify. But you got to put your phone away to focus. That's a big problem right now. Okay, another good thing about my dad. Um, my dad and his dad did not get along. Mm. My dad's dad, my grandfather, was uh, an engineer, a civil engineer for the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, he also was an engineer with other jobs on the side. They they were as white-collar as white-collar. They lived in Regent Square and a big, beautiful house on East End Avenue. But for whatever reason, those two always – Banged heads. When my father went to World War II, the family essentially erased my father from the scene. So all the clothes that my father had, my father was a clothes horse, they got rid of. They just threw them out. So my father came back from World War II. He went to his room to an empty closet. He was so.
6: That would be such a horrible feeling.
5: You know, he was so enraged by that, and it, it just oh created gosh. more animosity between the three of them: my grandmother, my grandfather, and my father. That my father had an opportunity, of course, like a Why lot of. Why did do that? I have no idea. I don't know the complexity of what that was all about. But my father was so enraged by that that, as a reaction to that, they they just separated essentially. And my father, you know, he could have been a college ed- educated guy. He chose instead to be this blue-collar hump. And my dad worked three jobs to raise seven kids. But in the midst of all that, of you know, gutting it out day after day after day, every year we went on a family vacation. Every year, all nine of us, wow. in one car. And when we were on family vacation, because my mom and dad, they could make a dollar, they could make a penny go a mile. I mean, they worked so hard and saved so carefully. But when we were on that family vacation, if we wanted something, the answer was yes. So we'd go to, remember, you know, we we first started out, we went to Lake Erie, Geneva on the lake. And then later on, they started going to Wildwood, New Jersey. And then later on, they started going to Virginia Beach. But we'd be somewhere on the boardwalk in Wildwood and we'd go, could we, you know, as kids, we never ask for stuff because we generally knew the answer was going to be no. But when we went on vacation, my dad was like, yes, of course you can. And he just blew cash. Hmm. I think he saved money all year long for that, <laughs> for those seven days of freedom where whatever was in his grasp, whatever his kids desired, he could do it for those seven days. To me, I loved that so much. Hmm. I and mean, it was Wonderful. such a freedom, such a feeling of of generosity that came from him, and knowing that you know all of us that he worked so hard to provide for us, so that thing about that family vacation, I love that so much about mm-hmm. that guy.
6: well, my dad taught me that you should if you want to be a healthy person, listen to music
5: mm, that's really good,
6: and you should listen to music with all of your attention, not in the background, not while you're doing something else. Not, you know, while you're painting the shutters, though those are fine things. I mean, it's always good to listen to music when you're painting the shutters, but But there should be a time when you're not doing anything but listening to music focused 100%.
5: I went to your dad's house and I sat with him Mm -hmm. as we all listen to music and he was a very serious guy about Mm -hmm. how he chose to listen and what he listened to and the Mm -hmm. instruments that he listened on.
6: Right. My dad was an audiophile, so he had top shelf stereo equipment. Um from the time I was a little kid and he was always as if you know any audiophiles, they're always looking to revamp the cables or the amplifier or the preamp or the yeah. you know, whatever your source is and whatever next level uh, and there of were sound. all sorts of debates over digital music. Of course vinyl is the only one that was really acceptable. But whatever it was, it deserved a hundred percent of your attention. And if anyone started talking while we were listening. <laughs> I mean that was just a demerit.
5: Yeah. How about this after your dad passed or even before then when you did your dad have like a like a top 5 albums? Was well, he there never something listed like
6: that? them that way but I could probably come up with some but right you, off the, right now. When I you went to his house oh, yeah. you know you
5: heard that in sure. repetition oh, again yeah. and again and again. Oh yeah. Again.
6: Did your dad have those too?
5: Oh yeah. Oh and my dad and your dad are similar in that my dad lived and died by by Frank Sinatra. Sinatra, right? I mean, that was the soundtrack to my life Mine growing too. up. I mean, the big bands, and of course, they, you know, they played Benny Goodman and things like that, but Sinatra, yep. Sinatra the voice was always the thing. I remember you know, when I first bought my first serious, you know, what, what I would consider my first serious stereo that I worked and worked and worked and saved all this money, and uh, I was still at my parents' house. I was 16 years of age, and I brought this receiver and turntable and two speakers into the house. And, you know, that time my dad raised an eyebrow like, oh, what's coming in here? But the first thing I did was when I got that stereo set up, I sat down with him in between those speakers and I put on some Sinatra and cranked it. I mean, re cranked that volume and those, you know, the horns and the Mm -hmm. voice came together. Well, after that, he was good to go because it didn't matter if I was playing, you know, Chicago or whatever I was listening to at that time as a kid. It was okay because he was going to get his hit from that stereo as well. Yeah. Your dad. I mean, I think it's a good thing, like we're doing now, to write a list this, yeah, father's, this day, father's Day and to think about your dad and the things that he did, those nine things or five things or ten, whatever, how many things there were, the things that he did that impacted you, that made you who you are. No matter what your relationship with your father, because I'm sure as my father and his father banged heads, there were many things that my dad's grand, my dad's dad did that made him the man that he was. Mm -hmm. Anyway, happy Father's Day early. I'm sure as Friday moves forward and we uh, move to the weekend, we'll talk about that as well. We'll take a break and come back. We got lots more ahead. Uh, Stick around, won't you please? Uh, The way to hear this next story. 101.5
1: 101.5 WORD. Hi, I'm Andrew Farley, author of Twisted Scripture, untangling 45 lives Christians have been told. I'll be sending one lucky winner and a companion to Dallas,
4: Texas, for the Twisted Scripture Conference this November. Enter on this station's website and download my free guide to your identity in Christ. Hope
2: to see you in Dallas. Sign up for the Twisted Scripture Conference Getaway in Dallas now. Go to work wordfmcom twisted
14: are you a stock or options trader looking for real trading strategies that you can use immediately hi my name is scott bauer ceo of prosper trading academy and i'm on a mission to become the number one options coach in america i'm a former vice president at goldman sachs i have over 25 years of options trading experience and right now i'm giving away my most famous options guide with over 20 unique options strategies that i use every day for free you can't buy this guide anywhere to claim your free options trading guide, simply call 855-892-2307 now and mention my name, Scott Bauer, and we will rush you the guide. Call 855-892-2307 and someone from my options team will help you get this guide in your inbox as quickly as possible. Call 855-892-2307 now and start learning to trade the right way. Call 855-892-2307 Prosper with options.
11: Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors.
1: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre K through 12th grade, through 47 state certified full time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non nominational christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. at extreme car and truck in bridgeville find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling
5: landscape supplies protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners tonneau covers weather tech floor liners and more say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing plus lift kits electronics and remote starters always a favorite Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at Extremetruck.net.
11: Sometimes, if you've heard this as a single person, and I know it's well intended, when people say to you, Don't you know?
1: Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn.
11: God's going to send that person for
1: It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel.
11: What's wrong with that thought process is it says that those of you who are married were ready when you got married saw some wives with husband like we've been married 23 years he's still in
1: right. for tickets and group discounts go to wordfm.com
5: hey thanks for being with us when motherhood feels like death i mean when motherhood feels like death i saw this uh, headline and then you know Kath and i talked about it it's so, it's so brutal but I, I get it i mean i'm not a mother but certainly uh, i've been around and, and seen how my wife works how my own mother worked when motherhood feels like death it, it is such a a brutal aspect of what it is to to raise your children to work every day it's like an anonymous thing isn't it um Courtney Reesing is with us, and uh, Courtney wrote this piece at the Gospel Coalition website. Uh, Courtney, welcome to the show.
6: Thanks for having me. Courtney, when, uh, when you have a baby for the first time, it's hard... You can't, I guess, you know, the process of having a baby or adopting a baby or however it is that you become a mother Mm -hmm. is so different those early days than actually learning how the whole process of mothering works. Like if you're thinking about mothering a five year old or a 10 year old Mm -hmm. or a 20 year old, there's just, there's really no way to prepare for that.
15: Yeah, I had twins first, so I feel like it was even, probably even exponentially more i had no category for one kid but i had twins first and so i felt like it was like standing in front of a fire hydrant of small children <laughs> when i
6: had them yes exactly
15: yeah i always tell new mothers so i have four children and whenever i meet new mothers or women who are pregnant i always tell them that's like the first pregnancy is the hardest The first babies are the hardest because you're so unaccustomed to what it takes mm-hmm. and so uh, as you have more children, it's almost like you're, it's like muscle memory. You just kind of learn how those things work and your body and your brain and your lack of sleep can handle it over
16: time.
5: God mm-hmm. help you. I mean, that's so rough. It
16: is so true. Okay.
5: So talk about the uh, the New York Times job description because this is, you know, sort of the crux of this whole, the whole thing is built upon.
15: Yeah. So the it came out, the article. I actually wrote the article last year and they, The New York Times article came out around Mother's Day last year, and it was kind of, it called it the dumbest job description ever. And it was, a lot of people were really bothered by the article. They were just, oh, this is making a mockery of motherhood, and this happens around Mother's Day. People either praise motherhood or they make it like it's not a big deal. And I looked at it from a different angle of when you look at what it takes to be a mother or even a parent in general, it does seem kind of dumb because it's a form of dying. It's a form of dying to yourself. It's a form of dying to your expectations and your dreams and your desires and your need for sleep and your need for food and anything. And so I took it as someone being honest. And I really resonated with that because I think sometimes we – elevate the role of mother as being something that's supposed to always feel fulfilling because mm-hmm. we talk about it as being the best thing a woman could ever do with her life and I love being a mom but it's really grueling and it feels like dying most days and so that's kind of where the article was born out of.
6: Right. I think that social media makes it weird, doesn't it? I mean it's already mm-hmm. weird. It's obviously already weird to be a yeah. mother but but social media makes it weirder because um there And I know that this is not across the board because I do have friends who specifically do post things, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, that mm-hmm. just talk about difficulties they're having in mothering. Sure. Um, and I really sure. appreciate that. But for the most part, what we post are the good things about us. And this has been talked about over and over again, so I'm not telling anyone stuff they sure. don't know. But when it yeah. comes to mothering, um, mm-hmm. I think there's a built-in... Uh, sense of being unqualified. I think that's the scariest thing mm-hmm. for every uh, woman about being a mother: is you feel like you're going to do it wrong. Um, you don't. Sure. You don't have what it takes. You're going to fall down. Your kid's going to get hurt. They're going to get mm-hmm. lost. They're going to. Something's going to happen to them, and it's going to be your fault because you were mm-hmm. not up to the task. And so, adding social media onto that, when you're already feeling like I'm not. Up to this, and you're seeing photographs of other moms who have either beautiful children, or healthy children, or well-behaved mm-hmm. children, or successful children, or academically wow, or sports-wise, look at them, or prom-wise, aren't they gorgeous? It just reinforces all that insecurity that I think we personally yeah. already have.
15: Oh, absolutely, and I think, and it's hard. I, I, something I think about a lot whenever I post anything about my kids is, am I contributing to this? I mean, I, right. I hope, I try, I, I work really hard not to, um, but it's hard because social media is just a very small snapshot of life in general anyways, and so how do you not make it look good in that moment? Maybe it was good in that moment, but maybe the next moment your kid threw up, you know, like it just doesn't, it doesn't always look like that, and I think it's hard to find that balance. But I do think that most women struggle with a fair amount of guilt in general about, like you were saying, with how they are as a mother feel like they're inadequate. And social media does often fuel that. And so you see people wanting to be honest about how hard it is and about how it doesn't always feel amazing. Mm -hmm. And they want that solidarity. Um, I think sometimes there's also an element of motherhood was never made to be alone so we were not parenting is just not something we're supposed to do alone life is not something we're supposed to do alone but the culture we live in is so often alone we do a lot alone and so i think people post things online because they want that community they want someone to speak into what they're doing that's why message boards are crazy or facebook groups of women asking questions about what to do with their kids and and i think it shows this real need for parenting in community that I think is really lacking, and so I think that's why people write articles like that New York Times article right. because
6: they want solidarity. We're talking to Courtney Rice, author of *Glory in the Ordinary*, why your work in the home matters to God, and *The Accidental Feminist: Restoring Our Delight in God's Good Design*. Now, this article that you wrote for uh, the Gospel Coalition, Courtney, you mm-hmm. say something that I thought was really interesting, and um, and I thought I experienced this myself in Spades, where b- before. I was pregnant, I thought Mm -hmm. that being a mom and all the things I would sacrifice, you know, I had a great job, but I was going to stay home and I was going to devote myself to motherhood and that was going to be a Mm -hmm. sacrifice that was going to be worth it and I was going Mm -hmm. to love it and it was going to be awesome and I was just going to feel Mm -hmm. like I had made the right choice. And Mm -hmm. But but then once it happened and once I was home and I didn't have a, a career anymore and all of a sudden, I... I didn't like it. I mean, I wanted yeah. to like it. I want to say that I liked yeah. it. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be one of those people that was like, oh, no, I loved being with my kids, and it was awesome. And I did. And I and I do feel mm-hmm. like I made the right choice. But I have to tell you that it was very, very hard for me at the time.
15: Yeah. And I think that's a, a big struggle for uh, a lot of women. And I think in large part, it's because we've made it too much. And we've not talked about the reality of life in a broken world. So we've we've elevated certain vocations for men and women that are the best thing you could ever do. And then when you get them that it's always supposed to feel fulfilling and we just fail to recognize the fact that we don't live in we don't live in Eden any longer and we don't live in the new creation. Mm-hmm. We live in a broken, fallen world where living life with a bunch of sinful people is really hard and that's who our children are. And it's not always going to feel fulfilling. Work is hard and it's broken by sin, by living in a broken world. And I think that's what I try to touch on that in my book, Glory in the Ordinary, because I think that's what we're missing in helping women and understand and men understand with work in general. Just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean it's not good work. Hmm. We live in a broken world. And so it's going to not always feel like good work.
6: That's and good. I like that. Just because it doesn't hard, feel good doesn't mean it's yeah. not good work
15: yes yeah Yeah. because we don't live in god is still we're still called to work we're as part of being an image bearer of god but it's going to be hard we're it's infested with thorns and thistles as genesis 3 says and we see that all the time in our work right
5: now you know from a guy's perspective i mean you know i I don't feel any of this of course because i'm not a mother um but the only only connection I have, of course, is my wife who who works and my own mother's experience. Guys, mm-hmm. you know the only comparison that guys have is when like you know our sons are at sporting events and you're looking at mm-hmm. other guys' sons and thinking, my kid is better than that kid really? or, yeah, right? I mean,
6: don't you so maybe it's just strictly a mother thing, John that and I think it's because we're the ones who are pregnant. Um, at least, and I had, I was able to be pregnant and so I had, I was, mm-hmm. and deliver my children, but I felt like I was standing between life and death for them. I don't get that. Sure, yes, yeah. Do you feel yeah. that way, Courtney? Then, then there
15: is, yeah, I mean, in my, um, all of my pregnancies were relatively complicated, um, ranging from, like, moderately life-threatening to really life-threatening, and so mm-hmm. I felt it acutely. Um, and so there was there's been a lot of physical ramifications for myself physically from my birth so I've felt that form of death um but some of my children have had some difficulties from just being me being pregnant with them and so that I've seen that as well so I think that there's but yeah, there's an acuteness to it by bearing bearing them. And yeah. even like with nursing.
10: And by feeding them. them, I,
6: them. I, I think feeding yeah, them yeah. is, I really think feeding them is a lot of it. Because when you are taking your baby to their checkup, whether it's their two-week checkup when they're first born or their mm-hmm. four-week checkup or whatever it is, the first thing they do is put the baby on the scale. Right. And if the baby's gaining mm-hmm. weight, boy, mom, good for you. You right. are doing a great job. Yes, yes, and if the baby's yeah. not gaining weight, oh, no. Mm-hmm.
15: And all yes. of a sudden, it's, it's like your problem.
6: it's your problem, and it's your fault. Right. Yes,
15: yeah. Well, I think we do this with birth too. We do it if um, if a mother's birth is unmedicated and goes smoothly. It's right. a good job, mom. Yeah, that's um,
9: true.
15: And if you're doing what your body was meant to do. And yeah, and in, in a pre-fall Eden, that's what your body was supposed to do. But we don't live in we live in a broken world, and bodies fail us. Um, they fail us in in getting pregnant. They fail us in how we mm-hmm. sustain our children in the womb. They fail us in how we sustain our children outside of the womb. Um, and I I have met so many women, like, crushed by that weight of feeling like it's their fault. And um, I, I think it's so unfair and unhelpful to not give them the framework of we live in a broken world um, and then the hope of the fact that it's not their fault, that right. – and that Christ has come, and is 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 making all things new, and will one day make all things new completely. But, yeah, I mean, it's totally on the mom when she goes to that doctor's appointment.
6: I mean, I hated those doctor's appointments, Courtney. I can't even yeah. tell you. I like, mean, and as the dad, all yeah. I could
5: do was be the cheerleader. Right. That's all. You're hey, like, good job. Yes, or yes, right. yeah, true, trying to yeah. help you out. Love yeah. you. But right? I got nothing. Mm. Right. You know, Yeah. sorry.
6: Right, you want to stop at Chick-fil-A on the way home? <laughs> That's all I got. That's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Courtney, thanks for being with us. That's Courtney Rice. She's Thank the, you. She's the author of Glory in the Ordinary, Why Your Work in the Home Matters to God and The Accidental Feminist, Restoring Our Delight in God's Good Design.
10: The Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates are successful sports teams because they have a plan and they stick to it. Before their games even start, they know what they want to do and how they're going to do it. The same is true in retirement. Do you have a game plan, or are you just going to wing it when that day comes? I'm Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group, where we strictly focus on retirement planning. We help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. Give our team a call now to start building your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't be unprepared. At Accurate Solutions Group, we can help build you a plan to get you to and through retirement successfully. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC.
8: Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to SurroundPittsburgh.com, SurroundPittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers.
1: Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, the Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com.
10: New message. Your social security number has been suspended not contact us. Your account will be deactivated.
4: Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these fees. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at
10: 1-800-269-0271.
3: If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life.
2: Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing
3: would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God Himself as our hiding place, a place of safety, His unfailing love, Love and forgiveness, just like David experienced. Christians with secret
2: addictions. Sunday night at six forty-five on WORD.
5: City of Pittsburgh City Council meetings. Uh, At the um, beginning of council meetings, they allow citizens, regular citizens, to step forward and uh, you know have their say, speak into a microphone. So apparently, there was a man today, Richard Thompson. Who, with his Scottish accent, walked up to the podium during the public comments to tell council, and presumably the cable cast audience, because this is on cable as well. Did you ever watch it? Oh, you are not know, in the city. Mm-mm. Oh, it's really, really compelling television. Oh, <laughs> it is. Yeah, he walked up to the podium and uh, he said, um, uh, "Audience, uh, we are saying Pittsburgh all wrong," and he did not mean Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He is lobbying for a more Pittsburgh. Pronunciation,
6: the Scottish, the original, mimicking the
5: proper Scottish manner of saying Edinburgh. His argument is this: that the founder of Pittsburgh, General John Forbes, was a Scot, and he intended that to be pronounced Pittsburgh that way. Now, this is not the first time about making this argument. Councilman Anthony Coghill driven by his own ancestry, he says, quote, my Scottish roots kind of got me into this, he said. And he encouraged Mr. Thompson to make his argument in council chambers. He's very passionate about it. He's not sure of all the reasons. He says, uh, why don't you come on down and publicly speak about this? He's on a mission. The council members apparently sat and listened carefully. And uh, then they passed the microphone on to the next citizen.
9: Mm -hmm.
6: And said, go back to Pittsburgh.
5: Good you, Pittsburgh. I mean, I was on a trip one time with a bunch of radio guys. And someone said, "Where you're from?" And I said, "Pittsburgh." And he said, "I'm sorry that that's the name of your city," and I never even considered it. Like, like it was like the pits is what he was saying, but I never.
6: I didn't ask you what you thought of my city. What the heck,
5: you know? Do, do you, I do I know that person? Isn't it an odd? Uh, yes, you do. Oh. Is it is it an odd? I mean, do you, of course we grew up here, so no, I, I don't no, think I it's never the heard pits.
6: That, I never had anyone say that to me. Yeah,
5: I was like, what really? I'm Got A little offensive there about Pittsburgh.
6: I thought William Pitt was also Scottish. Am I right about that?
5: Uh, I, uh, I I don't know. Okay, should know that.
6: Uh, Andy Mason could tell us. Yeah, History he, Center.
5: He would tell us that and much more. You know, I owe good.
6: him two dollars. Oh,
5: that's right. You mm-hmm. do.
6: Last for time I saw him, I forgot to pay up. No, no, for pretzels. It was National Pretzel Day, and oh. I had to buy pretzels for you. You right. simple people. <laughs> <laughs>
5: no one told you to buy pretzels. No, it was just you I on a mission. I felt like I had to. And anyway,
6: Andy had to front me the two dollars.
5: Five o'clock hour, we're looking ahead here. There's a lot going on in this Yeah, show. we're going
6: to talk about the uh, Southern Baptist Convention amending mm. their constitution regarding sexual abuse, and we'll talk about confronting Old Testament controversies. Dr. Tremper Longman, next in The Ride Home.
7: Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5
14: WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a
7: service of Salem Media Group.
14: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters
2: in Washington. The House Oversight Committee under Congressman Elijah Cummings has voted 24 to 15 to hold Attorney General William Barr and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross in contempt. The news comes after President Trump asserted executive privilege over documents related to the Trump administration's decision to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census. The leader of Japan is visiting Iran to warn that an accidental conflict could be sparked amid heightened tensions between Iran and the U.S., Prime Minister Shinsu Abe delivered that message just hours after Yemen's Iranian-backed Houthi rebels attacked an airport in Saudi Arabia, wounding 26 people. Abe's trip is the highest-level effort yet to de-escalate the crisis as Tehran appears poised to break the 2015 nuclear deal. A down day on Wall Street as the Dow dropped 44 points, the NASDAQ
7: dropped 30. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet. Serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years.
9: Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all natural, farm fresh foods? Then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. Are you a
14: stock or options trader looking for real trading strategies that you can use immediately? Hi, my name is Scott Bauer, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, and I'm on a mission to become the number one options coach in America. I'm a former vice president at Goldman Sachs. I have over 25 years of options trading experience, and right now I'm giving away my most famous options guide with over 20 unique options strategies that I use every day for free. You can't buy this guide anywhere. To claim your free options trading guide, simply call 855-892-2307 now and mention my name, Scott Bauer, and we will rush you the guide. Call 855-892-2307 and someone from my options team will help you get this guide in your inbox as quickly as possible. Call 855-892-2307 now and start learning to trade the right way. Call 855-892-2307. Two three oh seven prosper with options.
11: Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors.
14: I
13: believe there are not very many schools that do this, at least to the extent that Jubilee does it.
1: Through Jubilee Christian School's all-school unit, students learn to become citizens of the world.
13: They learn geography, politics, economics. They have a closing ceremony where each grade will either sing a song, present a little play. It's always, of course, integrated spiritually that we are all united as God's children. And that we, of course, have a
1: mandate to share God's love with everyone. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org.
11: Sometimes if you've heard this as a single person, and I know it's well intended, when people say to you,
1: don't you marry? Me? Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. God's gonna send that person forward. It's ladies' night out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel.
11: What's wrong with that thought process is it says that those of you who are married were ready when you got there like awesome, like we've been married 23
1: years, he's For tickets and group discounts, go to wordfm.com.
11: Skies will turn out mostly cloudy tonight. There'll be a couple of showers developing after midnight, low 57. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and cooler with a few showers, along with a thunderstorm or two, and any thunderstorm could produce some small hail. 67. A leftover shower in some spots early tomorrow night, lows near 50, then mostly sunny Friday with a refreshing breeze, highs near 70. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
4: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
5: Hey, thanks for coming along today. Making your way home, hope the traffic's not too bad for you as you get to where you're getting. So the uh, the Southern Baptists have been meeting these last several days, and uh, Kathy, yesterday uh, they voted overwhelmingly to adopt two proposals that they hope will help prevent sex abuse in their churches in the future. You know if we had if we had a jar here and every time we talked about sex abuse oh. in the organized church oh. we put in a buck Jeez, we can go on vacation. No kidding. Right. I mean, this has become the constant theme of the last several years.
6: Listen, we have. I, I would love to go back and just look at the amount of airtime we've devoted to it because one issue after another right. issue related to it comes up.
5: However, I mean, the good news is that it's finally seeing the light of day. Right. Yes. This is no longer under the covers. So whatever you say about hashtag Me Too mm-hmm. or the Catholic Church scandal, the Southern Baptists, the Mennonites, the mm-hmm. Amish, all those. Now there's, it's a new day that's dawned. So uh, yesterday, uh, 8,000 church representatives from the Southern Baptists, or messengers as they're called, attended the annual meeting, and they voted to pass an amendment to the faith group's constitution that would allow the Southern Baptist Convention to disfellowship or distance itself from churches that are accused of covering up abuse. The same uh, proportion also voted to set up a committee to review complaints about how abuse allegations are handled in the churches.
6: Mm. Well, the Southern Baptist denomination is uh, different than other denominations in that there's a lot of um, individual authority that is granted to each particular church. And, you know, there are some denominations that are very Mm -hmm. hands-on, some denominations like I believe the Methodist church is still like this. If you're a Methodist pastor, you're in a church for seven years and then you're moving on. Like, you don't. They're, they're, what happens to the individual church is managed by what's going on in the denomination. Right, that is right. not the case with the Southern Baptist church. And so, the problem with these abuse allegations is that the church ends up having to function on its own. A lot of times, the churches are small, and a lot of times, the pastor already has a lot of power. Um, and so his social capital is is hard to fight and because there's not a strong denominational tie then the people who are accusing him of abuse are in a much weaker position than they would be perhaps I in another see. denomination
5: so when i when i was talking about this disfellowship so that they would distance themselves from churches you think well you're not really solving the problem if you're distancing yourself No you're yourself not the problem.
6: but you're but you're kind of I don't know. I I think based on the structure that they currently have, that's about the best they can do. I see. That's the biggest punishment they can bring.
5: This exclamation point uh, came to a head this year because uh, the Houston Chronicle began a six-part series uncovering sex abuse in Southern Baptist churches, and the Houston Chronicle's uh, investigation with uh, the San Antonio Express News found 700 sexual assault victims Incredible allegations against 380 people within the Southern Baptist Convention. So they said, OK, we're going to make some changes here, which is good. I mean, for the first time ever, you know, look look how long the Catholic Church scandal dragged out. Decade after decade after decade. And so it takes a couple of investigative reporters from two newspapers to move this forward. And all of a sudden it's on the docket for a new change.
6: It also, though, don't give them. I mean, I appreciate the fact that they've done what they have done at yes. this point. I think it's great. But that didn't happen quickly either because those allegations went on for years and years and years and fell on deaf ears. Right. They also had to wait until the Washington Post wrote a story about one of the presidents of their seminaries, who was one of the flagship members of the Southern Baptist Convention, who ended up being an abuser himself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I shouldn't say that. He was not an abuser himself, but he allowed he Abused sanctioned, to happen under him, exactly, I see it. exactly. So, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's great news, good for them. Um, I, th- I think they made the right choice. I think though that they're this. Conversation about abuse is happening in the larger conversation that they're having about about what the role of women is, has been, and should be in the Southern Baptist Convention.
5: Which involves Beth Moore, who is one of the central figures in the Southern Baptist Convention, along with, not related, but Russell Moore, the president of the Southern Mm -hmm. Baptist Convention. Not related at all, but what's interesting is the role of women in Southern Baptist Convention is minimized. I mean, greatly minimized. I mean, yeah,
6: I mean, it's the a voice. It's, is, a, is it's, muted. A, it's a complementarian denomination. And if you're not familiar with that term, that basically means that their viewpoint is that men and women have different positions and they only function well when when men and women stay in those Pre, those roles, pre designed roles. Yes, stay in your lane. So
5: women in leadership? No, no.
6: Women, women can be in leadership over other women, but women, women don't preaching. No, no, no. Woman would never preach on a Sunday morning. Um, women don't teach men. Women don't have, in any instance, any authority over men right. when it comes to church polity. Now, what happened within the last twelve month period is that Beth Moore, who's an influential Bible teacher, and I, you know, I've I've taken Spentanic. a lot of courses with Beth over the years, and Beth has never set herself up as a teacher of men. She's always been a teacher of women. And she said, I'll teach any woman and I will teach any man who's willing. But she does not set herself up. She's been in the Southern Baptist denomination all this time. But this year, for the very first time, she penned what I think was an extraordinary Letter that she put out online, which basically said, My whole life I have submitted myself to this teaching, and I believed that the men who were complementarians were complementarians because they were convinced scripturally that that was what God's will was for the church. And even though I saw those scripture passages differently, I still submitted myself to these men because I thought this was happening for the sake of Christ, and even though we disagreed, their heart was in the right place, and they were just trying to honor God as best as possible she said however i have come to see that a lot of these men who are great leaders in the southern baptist church who i gave a lot of respect to and i gave the benefit of the doubt to now that i have come to know them i recognize that it is truly about the fact that they dislike women and they want to dominate them whoa so all of these decades that I have publicly and privately said, look, given the benefit of the doubt, I now am coming out and saying, you know what? I don't believe you. Your actions and your words are now showing me that you have a problem with women, that it's not about a theological problem. You, it's not about a conviction you have in the scriptures. It's not about your belief in 1 Timothy or 1 Corinthians. No, it's actually about the fact that you dislike or resent Or want to dominate women. No, wait,
5: so she's calling out misogyny. Yep. On a large, concentrated scale. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes.
6: So when that came out, which was about eight or nine months ago, it created the most unbelievable tsunami in that denomination. And it started a whole lot of conversation that had been happening in, you know, at very low volume in you know people's living rooms and a coffee shops for decades but had never really been talked about publicly
5: and so I wonder as the convention goes on this week, if this will reach an apex? Well,
6: I don't know, but there's been a lot of conversation. There have been panel discussions about the role of men and women. Um, there have been a lot of people who I respect who've taken part. I haven't seen a lot of reporting on it because I, a lot of it's gone on. Uh, Sarah Pulliam Bailey writes for The Washington Post. I don't have a um, subscription to The Post. Well, so tomorrow Kate that will be with us. But Kate will be with us tomorrow from Christianity Today, and she'll give us an update on what's been happening. But anyway, when you're talking about men's and women's issues and you're talking about issues of sexual abuse – I think it's important. It's not my denomination, but I like to see how men and women can get together and can make uh, decisions, hopefully, that glorify God and respect each other. So we'll talk more as that unfolds.
5: I'm into that. Hey, you want to stick around. Next, confronting Old Testament controversies, pressing questions about evolution, sexuality, history, and violence. Tremper Longham joins us in a few minutes.
7: 1.5 W.O.R.D.
2: I'm Keith Stevens. Join Donna Cruz and me this weekend for Keep the
7: Faith.
6: It's a celebration of dads with guests like Danny Gokey, Toby Mack, and
7: Andy Andrews. And so, you know, it's just, somebody says quality of time or quantity of time? And the answer
6: is
14: yes, but the quantity of time will lead to quality moments without you trying to force them. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith Saturday
3: night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM W O R D. Creation Fest 2019 is coming. Join us with your family and friends for a weekend of worship like no other. Over 70 artists like Skillet, Tilsong Worship, Crowder, Elevation Worship, 10th Avenue North, Mendisa, Carrie Joe, and Ledger. As well as over 15 speakers like Bob Lynns, Reggie Dabbs, and David Nasser. Part of the Creation Worship Experience set in the beautiful mountains of Central Pennsylvania. Next summer for four days of music, camping, and family fun. Creation Festival is returning to Agape Farm in Central Pennsylvania. June 26th through the 29th. Go to creationfest.com to find out more. That's creationfest.com. It will be the highlight of your summer, maybe even your life. It's
2: time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining nationally syndicated media hosts Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher along with Word FM on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the Garden Tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just visit our website for more details and registration information at wordfm.com/israel. That's w o r d f m.com/israel. I.
6: When I was an undergraduate at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, you know, I thought it'd be a perfect opportunity to take some Old Testament classes in the Religious Studies Department. And um, I always loved the Old Testament. I don't know why, as a child, it was so fascinating to me. I think that um, my reading when I was a little kid was so focused on epic story. You know, I loved Narnia. I loved a Wrinkle in Time, I loved Lord of the Rings. And so those stories are just epic stories of of battle and Individuals mattering and really influ really non influential people doing big things, right. right? And so, to me, the the Old Testament stories, I guess, were kind of like uh, the original of those stories. And so, I just love the anyway. When I got to, to the university, I thought this is my opportunity. Well, what was so fascinating when I got myself immersed in the religious studies department at Pitt at that time? And it might be different now. I don't. I'm I'm not familiar with what's going on at Pitt now. But at that point. There wasn't a single professor who was a believer in anything.
5: So they taught biblical studies as story and story only.
6: Yes, basically fable. Mm -hmm. It it seemed to me at the time that their goal was to take anyone who believed something and make them into an unbeliever, right? (laughs) So class after class, I don't know, I think I took four or five because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I did learn a lot. I mean, I feel like I did gain from that experience, but it was also a hard (laughs) – Hard environment to subject yourself to, like time after time after time. But after that was over, I realized that my love of the Old Testament was unimpeded. I mean, it's still every bit is epic and glorious and beautiful. And if I ever have the opportunity, it's not that I don't love the stories of Jesus, it's not that I don't love to read Paul. I mean, I love the book of Hebrews. That's Probably my favorite book in the Bible. But if I ever have a choice, if I'm just going to open up my Bible and read something, I'm always picking Old Testament.
5: Old Testament story. Tremper Longman is with us. Tremper Longman is the distinguished scholar, professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. He has authored or co-authored more than 30 books, including The Last World of the Flood and How to Read Proverbs. He's got a brand new book called Confronting Old Testament Controversies, Pressing Questions About Evolution, Sexuality, History, and Violence. Tremper, welcome to the
6: show.
16: Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great to uh, be talking to you this afternoon.
6: So your experience going to university and dipping into the Religious Studies Department was kind of similar to mine, Tremper.
16: Yeah, I was going to say, while you were describing your experience, um, it it mirrors mine. Of course, mine was 40 years ago, so at uh, at Ohio Wesleyan University not too far from where you are I think in Pittsburgh yeah, yeah uh but um but and not again like you it's not that I didn't benefit and learn and and it intrigued me to study more in order to be able to you know think about my face seriously but but yeah it was a real um hard struggle but it isn't it sent me off to seminary
5: (laughs) but it's odd tremper right that someone would spend their life teaching bible stories who's not a believer in any way shape or form
16: well you know it's interesting i've been in the field for 40 years and uh very involved with the society of biblical literature and have a lot of friends and colleagues all over the theological and non-theological spectrum and uh the most usual story is that people go into it because of their faith but somewhere along the way they they end up losing it and uh or changing their mind and and sometimes those people become the most difficult critics you know they grew up in a very uh strict fundamentalist background and all of a sudden they become liberated and and want to save the rest of the world from fundamentalism. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Tremper <So. laughs> you you're right in your introduction that when you were struggling through these days and you know trying to make sense of what a um what a a Christian reading or maybe an evangelical Christian reading of the Old Testament would be you realize that you just didn't have a lot of resources to go to.
16: Not not 40 years ago uh uh but thank God Things have changed. There have been a lot of uh, evangelical, faithful people laboring away in the field, both on a scholarly and on a uh, popular, more popular level, or writing for pastors now for a number of years.
9: Yeah, and you've um, and
6: you've become one of those people. And so I, I'm wondering why it is, did you decide that you wanted to fill that void that you saw, or did you just love the Old yeah. Testament? What was it?
16: Well, both. Both, yeah, both actually. I, um, I, I, it was funny because I, when I was in seminary, uh, went to Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia in the mid 70s and, and I knew I wanted to be a professor and I came under the influence of a very wonderful Old Testament professor, uh, young guy who died way too young, Ray Dillard. Uh, There and besides that, I saw that everybody in the classes before me were getting PhDs in New Testament. I thought I want to get a job when I'm done. Sure, right. (laughs) So I went into Old Testament. Besides that, the Old Testament's longer and has a lot more interesting questions.
6: (laughs) Okay, so so what do you say as an Old Testament um, writer and professor? What do you say when you hear? Um, and uh, we don't need to comment in particular about the intricacies of the Andy Stanley argument um, last year, which was, you know, I'm going to unhitch uh, my New Testament oh, right. understanding from the Old Testament understanding. You know, we don't have to recycle that, but I. Kn- but this is a constant thing that the church has struggled with over the last two thousand years. Is well, now that we have Jesus, do we really need all those old stories?
16: Yeah, and um and the answer of course is yes. <laughs> we need that old story for a number of reasons, one of which you can't understand the New Testament without it. I, in one place, I, not in this book, but in another thing I wrote, I, I rem- reminisce about how my father, when I was growing up in Columbus, Ohio, was, uh, would take me to the movies, but for whatever reason, he never checked what what time it was when it started. So more often than not, we might show up with 20 minutes left in the movie and we watch the 20 minutes at the end and then stick around and watch the beginning. Mm. And the end may have been exciting, but I didn't know what the heck was going on in the ending. And it's, and reading the new Testament without the old Testament is like that. And there's so many spiritual riches in the old Testament. It takes effort study it, but it's well worth the effort.
5: But you see this all the time, don't you? You see, you know, if you go to a place where they're selling Bibles, they're selling you know Bibles that are essentially just the New Testament only. But they'll
6: throw in Psalms and Proverbs to
16: round it out. <laughs>
5: exactly.
16: Yeah, yeah, Psalms and Proverbs maybe at the end. I call those amputated Bibles. Uh-huh. But they are. But they, you know, um, I'm glad people are reading the Bible. But the other thing I think people need to remember is that Jesus himself said the whole Old Testament. Of course, he didn't use the term Old Testament. He referred to it as the, as the law and the prophets or the scriptures. But in Luke 24, he said, The whole of the scriptures look forward to his coming. So if you want to know Jesus better, mm-hmm. read the Old Testament in the light of the New Testament. So um, I'm really chagrined when I hear reports of people who are discouraging people from reading the Old Testament.
6: We're talking to Tremper Longman III. The book is Confronting Old Testament Controversies, Pressing Questions About Evolution, Sexuality, History, and Violence. Now, Tremper, um, I haven't made my way through even a quarter of your book, and it is just... Wonderful. I've never read one of your books before. And so I'm just enjoying this one so much. But there are so many particulars of it that we're not going to have time to get into today. So I want to do kind of a view from 20,000 feet um, and just talk about the four different areas um, that you consider the most controversial issues in the Old Testament. Talk about I'll bring each one up. And then I want to ask you why you chose them at this to write about at this particular time in history. So let's talk about first creation and evolution.
16: Sure, and um, the point I want to make in this section, and of course I think it's obvious there's so much uh, tension and discussion, even within the Evangelical Church on this matter, um, the point that I want to make in this section is that the Bible teaches us an awful lot about creation in terms of who did it, etc., but my point I think a proper reading of the book of Genesis and related passages indicate that it's not interested in telling us how God did it. So so I think we ought to at least be open to um evolution as a theory. And I get into the details there. You have to really get into the details, because I think it's really important to realize that Evolutionary theory, as properly understood, doesn't undermine any important doctrine. I mean, that humans are created innocent, that there is an original sin, that Adam's sin has an effect on us. But, of course, as you say, 20,000 feet uh, people are intrigued. They should buy the book,
9: right? Right, right, exactly.
6: And, you know, this is an issue that we've talked about a lot on our show, Trumper, about the okay, collision, yeah. the collision between science and faith or the working together of science and faith. And this is a complicated yeah. issue. And, um, you know, out of all of the Complicated issues that we talk about. Um, this issue of whether it was a, in particular, a six-day creation, twenty-four-hour day creation, or it was a process of some sort engenders so much vitriol. Um, we get yeah. we get we get drowned with emails from our listeners. We get calls to our boss. We get whatever happens because people are so caught up, caught up, and completely um, there christian identity is for some reason in large part based on their view of whether we're talking the creation was a six-day thing or not and it's either and if you don't buy into the six-day 24-hour thing then you don't believe the bible
16: yeah well um again i i understand and appreciate and respect people who come to that conclusion what i what i can't respect is the vitriol you know i think that The important things in Scripture are really clear, but there are other issues that aren't central, um, and they're not as clear, and we need to allow ourselves some room for discussion. It's really clear that God created everything, including human beings. It's not clear. And in my opinion, a misreading of Genesis, to think that the author of Genesis, Moses, wants us to think that creation took place in six days— it's kind of a modern view, actually. The, the Young Earth Creationist movement is kind of a recent modernist mm-hmm. thing. You go back to the early Church Fathers, and they didn't think that it was— dis- or many of you, not everyone, but Augustine and Origen and others. They knew that 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 Genesis was giving a figurative depiction of creation. Of course, they weren't defending evolution. They They thought creation took place in a millisecond, and that, you know— that the Genesis account is describing creation as taking place during what people at that time would recognize as a normal work week. Hmm.
6: Uh, Tremper, when you, um, I, I always think to myself, and John and I said this to each other multiple times. Whenever we talk about creation issues, if we're not willing to say, okay, when we get to heaven, when we, if we find out that our perspective on the on origins was wrong, we have to be okay with that. You know, we like, have to we be have okay to, with that. Yeah. yeah, we're in heaven.
16: Yeah, that's right. And and if I'm, you know, so sometimes people ask me, well, what if you're wrong and evolution isn't right? I say, well, it doesn't change a thing about how I read the book of Genesis. Right. You right, know, right. so, so right. Genesis doesn't teach evolution. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. So so in any case, I I hope uh, you know I I've, I've noticed uh, you know like on Amazon reviews uh, I get pretty good reviews except from people who, you know, are young earth creationists, but at least I applaud them for exposing themselves to, uh, you know, the other side, which we all need to do. I sure. mean, I, I have a lot of friends who are um, a- in other camps on this, and I talk to them respectfully and try to learn from them. And I think it's important for us all to do that.
5: Yes. So, chamber well, go back when when you say that um, the early church fathers thought it, you know, it, the creation happened in a millisecond. Talk about that for a second, because that's. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that, but that's certainly a, a different perspective.
16: Well, it is a different perspective that we sometimes forget about. That you know, um, um, w- you know what the Bible was being ridiculed by. Uh, non-christians because to them it seemed an absurd argument that a god who was uh omnipotent uh, took more than a millisecond to create everything why would god take six whole days to create everything and that's what generated augustine and Jerome and others to just well they were also good readers of the bible and so they recognized that in terms of the days and origin says this in a very feisty manner. <laughs> he says, who would be so foolish as to believe that you could have literal days when you don't even have a sun, moon, and star until mm-hmm. the fourth day, right, You know, right, especially right. days described as evenings and mornings. And, and they pointed out the other, what I think is pretty clearly figurative language. I mean, God picking up dust and breathing on it. I mean, God's a spirit. Would he have taken on a human form to perform this act? It seems like that is unlikely, especially when you compare it to ancient Near Eastern creation accounts where there's a similar but different kind of description of the first humans. So it seems as if the biblical author under divine inspiration is, is, is uh, challenging the Babylonian and Canaanite views of creation by the way, you know, it's being described. So um and that's one of my points I make in my book. You you have to uh, remember that the Bible, <clears throat> while it was written for us, wasn't written to us. You know, it was written to an ancient audience. And to really understand the richness of Scripture, you have to do some work in terms of understanding its ancient context.
5: We're talking with Chemper Longman. Confronting Old Testament Controversies pressing questions about evolution, sexuality, history, and violence. Tremper will be with us a little longer. We hope you stick to, with us as well. Be right back.
8: Share, like, comment, tweet. Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers.
2: Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%. APR, 4.65%. Call us today at
1: 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2.13% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33rd. Providence Presbyterian Church. Washington Alliance Church. Bethlehem Lutheran Church. St. John the Baptist Church impact christian church the bible chapel what do all these churches from various denominations have in common nello construction design and build with one company nello construction full service construction from the ground up renovation expansion nello construction the choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at Nelloconstruction.com.
6: My daughter's a student at Grove City College, and she spent the last nine months in the classroom being trained in all sorts of disciplines. She's gotten good theological training. She's got um, a lot of work in social science, and she's going to be a high school history teacher. And so she's also taken a lot of classes in how to manage kids and how to think about education and all those sorts of things. But the classroom's the classroom, right? I mean, it's a, it's a controlled environment. And it's theory only. Well, now that it's hit summer, now she's working with actual kids in the city of Pittsburgh. And these kids have a lot of challenges that my daughter didn't have. And so all of the um, all the desire she has to work with the kids would in large part maybe go to waste if she didn't have some actual training in how to manage a classroom or how to deal with kids or what actual emotional development looks like in a kid. And that's why I think that the training you get at Grove City College is so essential for when you actually get out in the world and try to do something effective for somebody else.
5: That's right. You know, you've heard this. If it's a Christian education, well, it's got to be second rate. Well, I'll tell you what, with Grove City College, nothing can be further from the truth. Rigorous academics and deep-end theology. Look, both of our kids, Kath and I, they attend Grove City College, love Grove City College. We would encourage you, if you've got a high school junior or senior, check out Grove City College online for that next step forward. GCC.edu, that is Grove City College.
11: Skies will turn out mostly cloudy tonight. There'll be a couple of showers developing after midnight, low 57. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and cooler with a few showers, along with a thunderstorm or two. And any thunderstorm could produce some small hail, high 67. A leftover shower in some spots early tomorrow night, lows near 50. Then mostly sunny Friday with a refreshing breeze, highs near 70. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
5: Old Testament, we're talking about controversies, Sexuality, violence. Tremper Longman is with us.
6: Boy, Tremper just decided to wade into like the deep water yeah. when it comes to the Old Testament. I think stuff. he's up to it. He wasn't talking about like you know David and Saul or anything. <laughs>
9: um,
6: okay, so Tremper, I, I want to bring up another uh, issue I mentioned in our last segment. And readers, if you're or listeners, if you're just joining us, um, the book is about Old Testament controversies, and it focuses on four areas. Uh, the first one we talked about is creation and evolution. Second is historicity, but the third one I want to bring up next with you and that is the idea of divine violence now. In America after 9-11, this became a big, big issue and a big part of conversation because we instantly in America were like, well, look at Islam. That's a violent religion. And of course, anyone who has read the Old Testament says, well, wait a minute. Look at your own Old Testament. There's pretty violent books in there. You read Joshua and you kind of come away thinking, what the heck? Uh, So talk about the contemporary understanding of violence and why you decided to talk about it in
16: your book. Well, in this case I uh I I I've been studying this theme of uh God as a warrior uh since the beginning of my career, and you're exactly right that at nine eleven it became a controversial issue for reasons that we all understand. Um that the picture of God ordering the Israelites to to, you know, kill Canaanites is a disturbing <clears throat> one to us. And so some of my colleagues have been trying to push back against the picture that Joshua gives us, either by saying the conquest never happened or or perhaps um, that, that God isn't really like that. There have been a couple of recent books, three or four recent books, that have moved in that direction from friends of mine who are evangelical Christians. <clears throat> so I felt it was uh, important to push back and say, no, um, the violence in the Old Testament isn't kind of—God's violence in, isn't arbitrary violence. It's an act of God's judgment against sin. It's kind of a preview and warning about the future judgment, even, you know, that, that um, God doesn't always, you know, um, bring judgment against evil people in the present day. But he did then, in order to as I say, uh, give us a warning about, but it's still, you know, it's a difficult issue. It raises all kinds of questions, especially for those of us in a rather peaceful 21st century Western culture.
6: Sure. Uh, Tremper, I know that, you know, I have two children and um, one of them has been reading through uh, Joshua and judges just in the last month or so. And It's absolutely imperative that I think people are allowed to ask the hard questions about those books. I mean, it's important to ask the hard questions about any book, um, and certainly any book in the Bible, but in particular those, because just assuming that you can, in your head, work out an easy answer that kind of placates yourself for a certain period of time is not really honoring the text, but it's certainly not honoring the God who's given us this word.
16: Oh, that's for sure. We talked earlier about... uh scholars who have gone in a kind of different direction from their youth, and a lot of them, when they talk about why they kind of gave up on the Bible, was that they went to their pastors or the parents or other people with questions and doubts and were immediately just pushed back against. We absolutely have to let uh, everybody, you know, express their questions and doubts, and there's not a pat answer for uh many of our questions right
5: and and it goes back to that you know that old trope when people have a problem with the bible they'll go oh well you know shellfish oh you know clothing oh you know homosexuality i mean that comes up again and again and again
16: right yeah yeah so so um uh yeah some people want to say well as a matter of fact i was uh on a panel once uh, academic panel with the editor of the queer study Bible. There's a study Bible for everything. Um, and uh, he made that point. He said, wait a minute,
6: minute. Trumper, the clear study
16: Bible. Yeah. The the queer study Bible is written by it. Queer interpretation is actually oh queer, uh, of queer. oh yeah
6: I thought you said queer clear yeah, yeah I mean believe me we yeah. get we get every Bible that comes across I thought there was actually clear pages I right. thought wow this is
16: different we had the green Bible the green we, Bible
5: I'm still into yeah. <laughs> yeah.
16: yeah John and I had a fight over yeah. the green
6: Bible yeah,
16: yeah. yeah go ahead I'm so there's sorry. A, there's a queer Bible oh, yeah, that's a, yeah I know well you think I'm writing I uh, wrote a controversial book I'm now just finishing I've been writing the past week and just finishing a book on. Uh, the Bible and the ballot, using scripture to make political decisions. Oh, so, oh, dear, about <laughs> environmentalism and other immigration and abortion and
5: things. Oh, are you on Twitter? So, uh,
16: <laughs> you should be on uh, Twitter because that would really
6: spice
5: yeah. things up. But wait, Trevor, go back. So, so the queer Bible. Yeah. Please tell us about this.
16: Well, I mean, I was mentioning him. Uh, it's a it's a Bible like uh, like the kind of study Bibles we're all interested in, but written by um you know, uh, gay scholars who are reading Scripture and talking about, you know, uh, their sexuality in the light of Scripture. Right. But I, I brought that up to say that I was on a panel with one of the editors of it, and he made the point that, um, look, we don't care about what we eat as we move from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The food laws have been done away with. So why do we care about what it says about sex? And I said, well, if you read the New Testament carefully, you see that in terms of the sexuality laws, if anything, they get more stringent in a sense. You know, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 19 about divorce. He said, Moses let you divorce because of the hardness of your heart. But now that I'm here, um, there'll only be divorce under certain situations. So, um, so, so. Now, in the section on sexuality, as you can tell i um I defend a traditional view of sexuality, but on the other hand, I spend a lot of time also dealing with the issue of how how can we love how can we welcome same sex uh attractive yes. people
9: right.
16: uh how can we welcome them without affirming them? and so i spend an awful lot of time talking about that because i think one of the sins of the church is uh how we treated uh gay people and and in some areas continue to treat gay people very in with a lot of with 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 contempt and that's sinful yes um so so the church has to do a lot of thinking. I'm not saying that I give the final word there. I I had some of my uh, pastor friends. I I might mention that everyone would know who they are, but I probably shouldn't mention them. I uh, do in the preface, but uh, they don't all they don't all they didn't always agree with where I ended up. But I got really good feedback from pastors that helped me think through that issue but i think the church needs to do a lot more thinking through that issue well you are
6: helping us along that road uh, Tramper. it's been a pleasure to talk with you wonderful to meet you confronting old testament controversies is the book pressing questions about evolution sexuality history and violence
5: tremper longman we'll take a quick break come back uh, we've got uh we've got a little chunk ahead so stay with us as you make your way home the ride home here on word fm and wpit radio
9: I want you to sleep in, I want you to cool down, and I want you to have the home of your dreams. I'm Alyssa Walters, CEO and daughter of family-owned and run BlindsGalore.com. My mom, Shelly, and I have been working together for as long as I can remember. We've never settled for mediocre, and you shouldn't either. We're tough customers, but we love to say wow when it's worth it. That's why we built Blinds Galore to give you designer blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters without the designer price. Get free samples, free shipping, and all the free design help you desire. Our in-house team of experts can help you online or over the phone every step of the way. Plus, you're free to exchange your custom blinds or shades for any reason. It's that simple. We've been doing this for nearly 20 years and want you to take pride in your window treatments. It's your home after all. You'll love the view. We
10: We promise. promise.
9: Just go to BlindsGalore.com. That's BlindsGalore.com.
1: Today's world craves leaders, leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rayma Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at rhemachristianschool.org. Cited
0: Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, returning to Lancaster.
1: Who exactly is he?
0: He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel.
12: Everything Jesus does points to
0: love. Seen by nearly 1 million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight & Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at site soundcom
12: Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM discount shopping club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more, all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com/shopping, and God save the green.
6: I
5: am I lamb. Ooh. Okay, enough to be a Debbie Downer. Listen to this. A new report that was based on data from all 50 states has found that the number of Americans who are dying from suicide, alcohol abuse, and drug overdose has hit an all-time high. Uh, a senior scientist uh, explained to NBC News from the Commonwealth Fund, quote, when we look at what's going on uh, in mid-Atlantic Southern and Western states, those are all the states that have the highest rates of drug overdose, particularly West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. He added because of the opioid epidemic, the rate of growing of growth in drug overdose in West Virginia is absolutely mind boggling. Other recent studies have also shown a dramatic rise in the number of suicides across the United States. In fact, it is now the 10th um, the leading cause of death in the country. Oh, isn't that The number tragic. two cause of death among people 25 and under.
6: And isn't it like any other social phenomenon, John, where there are so many contributing factors to yeah. that?
5: But the overriding thing is people have lost hope. If you put your hope in cash... Career.
6: Yeah, but people lost their hope in the Depression.
5: But there's something about... People
6: lost their hope in World War One Again, the people boogeyman lost.
5: is social media. Yeah. I think it social is.
6: media is a big thing, big part in I it. I think
5: it's the amplifier of all despair. Yeah. Right.
6: I also think that the drug companies that pushed these medications... Yep. Oh, my gosh. ...on physicians to the point where they... And they... You know, you've seen the the stories of Revelation when it, when it comes to these companies over and over and over again. They knew what they were, yep. and they just pushed them, pushed them, pushed them, so they could make tons and tons of cash. And they have, and they have, and look what's happened. They have enslaved millions of people. Right.
5: I mean, you know how dangerous this is. Have you have you ever had a surgery where you've been given? I never have. I have. I mean, years ago, decades ago, I was given you know opioids and. You quickly fall into that trap. Hey, man, that feels I'm good. sure Give me another hit. Give me another hit. And then, you know, there you You're off to the races. So you look at the millions and millions of people.
6: Right. And it's an equal opportunity offender. It's white collar. It's blue collar. It doesn't matter. It's rich. Yeah. It's poor. It's men. It's women. It's Christians. It's people who aren't Christians. It's you name it.
5: And then the crush is, of course, when the opioids dry up. The heroin is mm-hmm. available on the street at a and much cheaper. cheaper price and you know, much easier to grab. So how many poor people have just their lives been plowed under in the name of someone's greed? And that's really what it is.
6: There's also loneliness. We've talked about that epidemic, which is sweeping the Western world. We talked about the, the UK taking it so seriously that they made a minister of right. loneliness um, a part of their national governing.
5: All the all the more reason that people need to be in church yeah. because church is community, right? Whether you're showing up on Sunday or Wednesday or wherever, yeah, that's family. And, yeah. and if you invest in that, if you're lost, if you're an addict, if you're alone right now and you're listening to this, go to church.
6: Yeah. And, and listen, if you don't know what you believe... That's okay. It don't matter. And if you don't have your act together, that's okay. The church is not for people who have their act together. Jesus came for the sick. We're all sick. So if you feel sick, if you feel like you are unwell, the church is the place for you. You got
5: that right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times on a Sunday morning I show up and I'm pretty vapid. I'm hollow. Mm -hmm. I got nothing.
6: Oh, yeah. I got absolutely nothing.
5: And I don't want to I mean, about
6: me, not you. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah, you were quick to, uh, to agree with that. <laughs> oh, vapid. Oh, you, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I've,
16: I've seen you in that uh, way. I know
5: that. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing. Oh, yeah. Uh, four to six. Uh, I'm with you every day, my friend.
16: <laughs> Thanks
5: a lot. Quick to jump on that gravy train. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you show up. Uh, that old thing of people, people who go to church are hypocrites, right? You, you hear that all the time because, oh, they're holier than thou. You know, they're they're sinners like we're a mess.
6: We're all a mess.
5: We're a hot holy mess. And if
6: you're going to a church that doesn't admit that it's a hot holy mess, then look for another church. Right. Seriously, it's the we we need to be among people who recognize that we're desperate.
5: And for me, and this is just me, I need to go to a church I and mean, my church is, you know, it's a smallish church. You know, several hundred people at that church. It's not a big church. At the most it's several hundred people. And quite honestly, my circle in that church is about 30 people. But that, to me, that's more than enough. Yeah. Right. I'm a, I know people who go to church and they they go to church, they sit in service, and then they get up when service is over and they exit immediately. Well, that doesn't do it.
6: Yeah, you need to be known. Right. You need to know other people.
5: So you think about suicide and overdose and despair and all that. Yeah. God help us all,
6: because
5: mm-hmm. we need a Savior, and the Savior is there for us. If we open up our hearts and minds and surrender ourselves and our pride and our foolishness and just our insanity, our sinfulness, be part of that community, because Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Take a break. Come back. Uh, stick around, won't you, please? And, um, oh, half-price tuition. Let's talk about that a little bit, too, because the great deals are here.
4: What happened? You used to go hours without visiting the bathroom. Now it seems like you're constantly getting up to pee, and you're even getting up at night to go. This is not okay. Listen, the makers of Super Beta Prostate, the number one prostate formula, are introducing a new wonder pill, Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced, with three key ingredients that are great for your prostate. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. To celebrate, we're sending free bottles to men who want to cut down on bathroom trips. Yes, your first 30-day supply is free. Pay shipping and handling. Call 1-800-204-5731. P3 Advanced has clinically tested non-prescription ingredients to support your prostate. Combine that with a reduction in urges to pee, and you have a formula you'd be crazy not to try. Get P3 Advanced free. Call 1-800-204-5731. 1-800-204-5731 1-800-204-5731 1-800-204-5731 1-800-204-5731
5: At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies protect your vehicle to spray on bed liners tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners and more say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing plus lift kits, electronics and remote starters always a favorite Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us
8: at extremetruck.net. Walmart's grocery pickup and delivery is a definite winner. And if you haven't tried it, here's how it works. Either download the Walmart Grocery app or go to grocery.walmart.com. Place your order and select an exact time for pickup or a one-hour window for delivery. Satisfaction guaranteed because the folks in the store are trained to pick the best items, just like if you were picking for yourself. If you're not satisfied, you get your money back. Use the code WOWFRESH for $10 off on $50 or more. It's a great service. Walmart Grocery Pickup and
1: delivery. It's quick,
8: easy, and convenient.
1: This month at Napa Auto Parts Stores, get $25 or more off brand new to power tools by trading in your old ones. Quality parts, helpful people, that's Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts Stores, all supplies last. Offer ends June 30th.
11: I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental
1: habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock.
11: I like creating those good, positive
3: first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care Idea.
4: Visit
1: StockFamilyDentistry.com.
3: You have my word on it.
4: You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Knodek and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations. No product pushing. Just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday. Saturday
5: morning at 10, right here on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, up at Word FM uh, right now, wordfm.com. Half price tuition is in effect. Uh, I know a lot of, you know, end of school year here, you're thinking about ahead for next year. I love this because we do this every year. You get uh, quality Christian schools and colleges around the area. Uh, right here in the city of Pittsburgh, and of course uh, in the uh, you know outlying western Pennsylvania area you, you put your child in a quality Christian school first to- first year in half price mm-hmm. and deals are to be had thousands and thousands of dollars in savings so check out wordfm dot com also, Sherry Lynn as well.
6: Yeah, Sherry Lynn, Ladies' Night Out coming out Friday, June twenty first. Um, super excited about that. Tickets yep. are available at wordfm dot com. Um, also, want to let you know that tonight, John and I are so happy to be joining with Pittsburgh Girls Choir and the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh to commemorate what would have been Anne Frank's ninetieth birthday. That's
5: very cool. Yeah. All so that's that
6: that's tonight at seven p.m. at Rodef Shalom on Fifth Avenue in North Oakland. Nice.
5: Okay, so uh, you posted. No so information
6: is available on Facebook.
5: Well, we'll be there in about an hour. Yeah, right? we will. Yeah. The concert
6: starts at 7 p.m.
5: Okay. So uh, police and puppies.
6: I cannot stand the cuteness. I'm overwhelmed by the cuteness and fluffiness of Zane the police dog.
5: You've never owned a puppy, have never.
6: you? Never. 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 I love puppies. I love everybody's puppies, but I really don't want one. Why? Because I have cat. I love cats. Oh, right, right, right. Listen, Zane the police dog, I've put an update up on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Everyone who has a heart should watch it because of his cuteness. It will overwhelm you. Like to have a puppy? Would you? I yeah. thought you decided you didn't want to have a puppy. Well, when I
5: see a puppy, I kind of give well, up. I know. That's the way it is. It's a lot of maintenance.
6: It's a lot. The house
5: training for the puppy. Oh my right? gosh! I've right? never
6: done that. See that? It seems yeah. like. See with a cat, uh, you take the cat yeah. to the litter box. You like move their paws around. You're they're done. good
5: to go. Yeah, they're that's fine. It. But then the cat like rips everything yeah. in the house to shreds. Yeah, but the
6: dogs bite stuff.
5: Not, uh, I... Look at the couch. Look at the drapes. Yeah, I know. Look at the carpet. I know. I mean, it's like it's a r- problem. Razors on parade. I it's agree. a little too much over the top. I'm just Anyway, saying. the
6: latest <laughs> Z- the latest like Zane it. the police dog update. On I see laughing
5: because all right, watch your kitties. Have a good night. The ride home
4: with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.